0: Hello and welcome to Thriving in Intersectionality, a podcast created to help you learn from professionals in the workplace who have multiple intersectional identities, from ethnic minorities, veterans transitioning into the workforce, individuals with disabilities, parents, and so many more. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Corporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. This podcast was built to amplify the voices of leaders and immigrants in the corporate workplace and to give insights and guidance so people can move past their barriers and advance in their professional careers. Through interviews and solo episodes, I'm going to examine this global world of work. I know that you can learn a thing or two from my guests who have a range of experiences and stories to share. Join me as we meet new people who are successfully navigating the corporate space. Today, as always, I bring Conversation with someone with multiple career tracks. Tiffany Ave is a Fort Pierce, Florida native and a devoted mother to her son, Jeremiah. She serves as a commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy Reserves. A distinguished alumna of Florida A&M University, where she has a bachelor's in agribusiness with a minor in economics, she furthered her education with a master's in business administration from Strayer University. Tiffany holds military awards and several government contracting certifications, including level three contract management and other certifications in business, financial management, and program management. In a civilian role, she serves as the Chief of Acquisition at the Department of the Interior, DOI, where she spearheads agency-wide acquisition policy, driving initiatives for the professional development of the DOI acquisition workforce. In another capacity, Tiffany is the CEO of tl Investment, LLC, where she manages two distinct ventures, Pick Your Sweet Poison and Speak with Tiffany. She has a lot of hats that she wears and I know you are going to walk away with a thing or two from Tiffany's career path. All right, let's dive right into my conversation with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. I'm wonderful today and uh, opening up with weather because I'm in San Diego and I love that we have some dry weather today, because <laughs> we've been having so many, so much rain, but uh, what part of the country are you located?
1: Well, I'm in Maryland, and it's 30 degrees outside, and we are expecting snow and rain tonight, so I will take just the plain rain over snow and rain. <laughs> yes,
0: me too. <laughs> I'll do that, <laughs> but thanks for uh, chatting with me today. I am looking forward to capturing a lot of the gems you have to offer uh, for my audience. So, um, let's start with getting to know you, tiffany. uh if we talk about this podcast around the guests that I have uh people with multiple diverse backgrounds, and a lot of these people wouldn't know um we talk about intersectionality as sort of the way I identify um what are those dimensions that are really important to me. so can you share with me what the word when you talk about intersectionality, what identities are important to you, what categories do you use for yourself?
1: For me, uh, first off, I'm a, um, a woman of God, I'm a daughter, a mother, um, I'm a career woman, an entrepreneur, writer, motivated speaker. So I think that right there just kind of sums up all the key things that, you know, just describe who I am and how I live my life and the walk I'm currently on right now. I love it.
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh. You know, um, when I was in corporate America, um, earlier part of my career, I don't know if I'm early now or middle career. I don't know what I am, but (laughs) I know one of the things I used to struggle with is you go to a networking event and you ask people, um, who they are. You're trying to meet somebody and they give you their title and the title means absolutely nothing to me because (laughs) I don't know what that role is. Um, so I just think about that now that, Getting to meet people and meeting people, not just their titles, right? Like in words, in you know, thirty seconds you just described yourself, and it gives me a clearer picture of who you are as an individual, and I love it. So, um,
1: thank you. No, thank no, thank you. And that, that was something, you know, honestly, I was taught, um, and I can't remember if it was in a a military course or one of my speaking courses where they say. Just think about when you introduce yourself. A title doesn't tell people nothing if they do not know your career yeah. background. If they don't know you're studying, it's not like a doctor or a nurse or a teacher. Those are very common. So when it's like, I, I I remember someone telling me, say, when someone asks who you are, say who you are to your core. Think about it, it's actually someone writing that on your grave and you want people to know who you are and who you were when you were here. Don't put a job title down. That, that doesn't say no. who
0: you are. Oof. That is powerful. That's made me think, you know, it's like, anyway, we don't want to talk morbid talk here, but it really is true. I mean, when people are gone, yeah. what words would describe them? Um, You know, series of words, because it's never one word. And that's another thing about uh, the intersectionality aspect to getting to know people. It's never one word. And I was talking to a group of students recently around the same thing. Um, Like, we all have all these different identities that we show to people. So some people might know a different side of us. Other people might know a different side. But it's the same person. I'm the same person. And, And so, you know, we're talking about family and, you know, large families. And you're always going to be the little girl. The baby sister. And so sometimes family is the most difficult to explain your work to because they don't understand your work.
1: Listen, they still see you one dimensional. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. let's be honest. You are just the baby sister. You're just yeah. the daughter. You are just the the mm-hmm. cousin that peed in my head or something. Yeah, exactly.
0: If um, <laughs> you exactly. have watched you grow, um, it's completely different. And, and it's lovely, yeah. you know, it's nice to have a uh, multiple, but I think it's also good to understand that because then that means we, we know when people are giving us advice or insights, they're talking to the you that they know. A lot of times, they don't know the full you. But in a space and and in a conversation like these, people are listening to you. Help them understand a little more about you. And I and I feel like just every word that you used right now painted a very clear picture uh, for me that I love. So thank you, Tiffany. Um, so let's let's talk about career. A little bit more about career so um let's get to know you your background your career path how did you get to where you are today I mean we're going to learn a lot about where you are today and what you do currently but um I want you to walk us back a little bit uh how did you start how did you make the choices that you made yes so
1: yeah so uh I mean, like most people, um, um, I went to college, I went to Florida a and University, FAMU, um, HBCU. Um, I got my undergrad in an agriculture business and a minor in economics. Um, but like a lot of college graduates, I couldn't get a job. Um, <laughs> I could not get a job because I had no experience. Unfortunately for me, I was in school when 9-11 happened. And so a lot of internships, paid internships were wasn't being offered like that year or the year after. And I couldn't take an unpaid internship. I was working, I was putting myself through school. I was, you know, waitressing, working at restaurants. So when it came time to graduate, I had no real experience. So I got a job at Hertz as a so-called assistant manager. Um, but thank God um, I was raised, you know, by my grandmothers and my mom, who they taught me, you know, when an adult speaks and now sharing and pouring into you, listen. And my best friend at the time, her mom was retired Army, and she had just went to the Army a year before. and Her mom pulled me aside and said, Tiffany, you know, what are you doing with yourself? Basically, you have a degree. Why are you working at Hertz? And she explained to me, like, you could go into any military branch when you have a degree. I didn't know that. No one had ever, no one has ever pulled me aside that. I'd never heard of any, any college class, college lesson, anything. So I was like, okay, well, why not? Let me explore. So I went to the Air Force first and they told me my degree wasn't good enough for the Air Force. I was like, oh, okay. I went to the Navy and it was a young black lieutenant. And He said, I got you, I'll take care of you, come on. And as I was leaving, Army pulled me aside and Army only wanted to talk about putting me enlisted. That's it, they would not have a conversation with me about coming in as a officer. So luckily um, I listened to the, the lieutenant and I studied, Keep in mind, I had to take the test twice. So just letting anybody know, um, I don't pass anything on the first try. Uh, <laughs> I took the test twice. <laughs> so, but I took the test um, and I passed and I was accepted as an NFO, a backseat pilot, and it scared the mess out of me and I didn't want to do it. And when I went to the physical, the lady said, you look nervous. It's like, I you? Yeah. I don't want to be an NFO pilot. So she disqualified me, but didn't disqualify me for the navy. And luckily a new lieutenant came in and he saw my package and he said, "Come on, let's reapply." In less than 30 days, I reapplied and I got accepted as a supply officer in the US Navy and I was in 2005. And I got accepted to Officer Candidate School and I started my career as a Navy officer and I did um, six and a half years um, as an active Navy officer. Um, I was stationed on the USS Nashville uh, for my first ship tour. I did an Afghanistan tour, and I transitioned to as a reserve Navy officer in the reserves in 2011, and that's when I started my civilian career as a contracting officer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of led me up until now where I'm the Chief of Acquisitions and Policy at the Department of Interior. I'm a commander in the Navy Reserves, where I'm assigned to the Pentagon, where I do acquisitions and policy, and I will retire from the Navy Reserves next year on
0: June 1st, 2025. Wow. Congratulations. Wow, that's rich and deep. And talk about transitions. There's <laughs> a whole lot in that. Um, as somebody you- who... <laughs> who also went to college without, you know, some people really know their career dream. Like, they know what I want to be when they are young. As somebody who was never that person, you know, just learning to explore the opportunities, grateful for people that advise us, that pour into us. Um, but ultimately, it's our decision, you know. We, we could get tons of advice if we don't take action to do the research um, to find that fit. I mean, you could have gone to do that exam and found that ah, this is not for me <laughs> or going to talk to the military. So I'm so glad you found, um, a career that, you know, that was rich that you love, um, because somebody I do. advised you, somebody nurtured you and gave you a little bit of insight in a direction that you probably would not have thought about.
1: Honestly, I had it, it never even crossed my mind. Just to be honest, I, it never crossed my mind going to go into the military. No one had ever mentioned military to me before. Um I'm pretty sure you know high school, they have the recruiters come by. I was never one to talk to them. One I was like I'm too cute to be in the military. Why would I go in? Um <laughs> I like it i would just be a hundred percent honest like i do not look good in green i don't you know no thank you but you know when you now sometimes god has to humble you down mm-hmm. and my humble down was i had to start paying back my student loans and i had to reflect like did i really go to college to drive people around and clean a car mm-hmm. and now i have to pay back how much in student loans for this I, you know it had to humble me, and when she spoke to me, it was just the right time and the right place because I was ready to make moves. I was ready to transition into something bigger and better that I knew this here, working here, was not for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think we're we, we're already getting into that because that's actually a very important topic now um, around career transition, knowing when to move, knowing when to pivot. Right, because sometimes the pivots um we don't know what to pivot to. sometimes we look externally for oh, which ones are paying more in the age we are now, it's not about pay career the career world is changing. I mean, AI and tech some some jobs might not exist in a few years.
1: No, you are a hundred percent hundred percent correct about that, yes.
0: I guess uh, I feel like, yeah, you did have multiple transitions. That's wh- Why did you choose the program you studied in school, and why did you think that would be applicable when you decided to go? Because I- I'm trying to get into, you know, thought process, like getting into school, right? <laughs> what we're thinking when we're going into school, right? You're thinking this magic course is going to get me this six-figure job in corporate America or something. Like what was the thought process getting into school and then coming, um, out of it and and job searching.
1: Um, so when I was in high school applying for school, um, luckily the high school I went to, we had, um, different programs, um, for if you knew what you wanted to do. So Mm. I was always good in math. So I knew my career would have something with numbers in it. Um, so I signed up to be an accountant. So in high school, I took two years of accounting program. Um, and so when I knew when I went to college, I was going to sign up for the business program and I was going to be a CPA. Um, FAMU was not my first choice. Actually, I'm um, going to the University of Central Florida out of Orlando, Florida was my first choice, but I got wait-lifted. I got I was on a weight list and I was like, okay, not a problem. So I just, you know, I, I applied to multiple schools and but I was accepted to Florida A&M. And so I was like, okay. And, you know, we always do a school trip every year to FAMU. And I went, and I was young, 17. And I went on that campus, and I saw those cute boys. I said, oh, God, this is where I'm going. (laughs) So if anybody want to know how I made my school choice, they had cute
0: guys at the time when I was 17. So, yeah. Hey, when you have the grades and you have options, there's so many things that could shape your choice, okay? And and that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of great school out there. We need to use other criteria to make our choices.
1: <laughs>
0: Correct. And
1: that was my choice. And I got accepted and I got financial aid. So I was like, oh, we're good to go. So, but one thing I did not realize after checking in, the business program I actually had to apply for before I got there. Actually, before I got to college, um, they had one of the number one, FAMU actually has one of the number one business programs um, at, uh, um, at the universities, even to this day. They are known for their business program. And so when I'm in orientation and everybody's coming through talking about the programs and down the business school comes through and they said, you know, talk about the wait list. I was like, Wait, My wait list. I'm not on a wait list. I didn't apply to be on a wait list. So I went over there and I talked to one of the deans and they said, Okay, well, you're a freshman, right? You didn't apply, right? I said, No. Well, you could apply now, but you may not even be accepted to your junior year. Oh wow. I said, like, okay. What am I supposed to do for two years? So am I just supposed to take general classes and hope for, for two years I get in. Yeah. Because now I'm not only competing with The other people on wait list, but now you're competing with everybody that's coming in two years behind me. Right. So I sat there puzzled my freshman year in orientation class. Like, what am I going to do? But luckily, so another school came in and said agriculture business. I said, hmm, okay, well, that sounds interesting. It's still business what is this agriculture and then it said you get a minor in economics if you take two more classes I said like, well that's what I'm gonna do uh <laughs> I said I need a degree and I need to make sure it's in business I need to make sure it has numbers I need to make sure it's something I'm comfortable with and that I know I could pass honestly that's really what it was um so But when I went through the program, I'm actually really happy I chose that particular program because I actually got to learn how the middleman gets their supplies, how things are grown, how farmers make money, how, you know, that small and pop business, how they are actually managing, how they actually work in the whole system when it comes to products, marketing and supplies, that whole chain. Mm-hmm. I may have mm-hmm. learned some of that in a regular business program, but I wouldn't have learned all of it, really, from the really the beginning stages of it, like I learned in this program. And I took a lot of agriculture classes, which was amazing. Um, even to, to this day, certain things I do not eat because of that class. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> but it actually helped me, and it really almost shaped me to where I am now, mm-hmm. and how I do business now. Especially being an entrepreneur, right? As I'm like, oh, now I'm an entrepreneur. I know exactly how everything starts and what that chain looks like before it get to the large company, before it get to the consumer and the customers and everything. So. Now I thank God for not getting yeah. into
0: the business program.
1: Yeah. And I got that now degree that I hold now.
0: Yeah. And I'm and as you're talking, I'm looking at it like, it's almost like you're getting a case study experience, right? You're going deep. Instead of getting a broad understanding of business, the, you took a case study, a specific case study, and that way that allowed you to work from end to end. Because really, it can be applied to anything. I mean, when you think about supply chain, sure. It could be applied to anything. We could look at supply chain of anything, any product, any service, Correct. right? So you, you got an opportunity to get business yes. um, insights into that specific chain. And I, I think you're right. I think it has applied to different things um, because a lot of people don't think about the end-to-end. They just think about their specific focus. Like I do this. That's what Correct. I do. Well, what is coming in? Where is it going? <laughs>
1: No, a hundred percent. And I mean, it's like the circle of life. I got to learn and I got to learn it. I got to work in it for so many years. And now I'm actually at the beginning stage of it being an entrepreneur where I now see the whole phase and I'm applying the whole phase now that I have my own businesses. And I'm like, wow, I look back and like this still applies. Twenty some years later, when I was you know was learning it and sitting in the class in school, the supply chain and who's involved
0: is amazing. amazing. it really is yeah, it definitely is amazing, yeah no, thank you for sharing that, and I think that's also helpful as we think through even second or third degrees because I know a lot of people that are working and wanting to go back to school and kind of thinking why? Can I afford it? What value would it be? I know there's a lot of school of thoughts around, do you need a degree? Do you not need a degree? And I understand what people are trying to ask because you shouldn't have a requirement for a degree that would screen out somebody who knows the job without a degree. But I think, you know, I love hearing about great programs uh, because I think the intent behind the structure of school programs is important and it will help to to shape it. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing about your experience there. So let's talk about all of the stuff you're doing right now. Um, <laughs> what are you doing currently? Because I think that's the best way to start. <laughs> okay,
1: yes. <laughs> let's go down the list. So yes, I mentioned that um, naval officer Um, Yes, I'm the chief of acquisitions with the Department of Interior, but I do have my own business, which is um, TL Harvey Investments, where I now have taken what I've learned over these um, 18 years of doing government contracting and now helping small businesses who want to become a federal contractor if they need, you know, advice or assistance on how to get it started, how to get established with the government systems, how to get certified, you know how to submit proposals, or if they have questions, or anything along that path, I now provide that particular assistance to them, if they need be. Especially, you know, small small businesses, mm-hmm. minority-owned business, we struggle with breaking into any type of government contracting or getting mm-hmm. an award, and that is something I noticed for a long time. So now I actually provide those services someone could hire me and I will help them walk through that process and not only walk through it, but teach them because I don't want them to, you know, continue to hire me for months and years out of line. I really want to teach them that way they could keep their money in their pocket and they could teach their employees how to do it and keep it in house. So that is one business. But then I am also have a business where I'm a mythologist. Um, It's called pick your sweet poison. Um, And I took a hobby, you know, learned in college, you know, college student, no money, we drink, we make our own drinks. Um, And so I kind of took a hobby of making drinks for family and friends and make it into a business where Pick Your Sweet Poison, I have my own cocktail recipe boxes on Amazon, you can type in Pick Your Sweet Poison, it's over 60 plus cocktail recipes in there. They're all catered to women. I really just got tired of Hearing my friends say, "I can't drink tequila. I can't drink dark liquor. I can't. I don't like the taste." It's no, you just never had it prepared for your taste buds. I.e., a woman. You know, we like our things a little bit smoother, sweeter, um, and so each recipe that's in there, I crafted just for us. Now there are some classic ones in there, but. It plays with the wines. I play with candy. You have your tequila, your vodka, your brandy, your whiskey. And I t- not just take it on the recipe cards. I actually um, have virtual classes. You can sign up for every month. Yeah, so if you, your friends, you know, you all want a kind of a girl's night and everyone is in a different city or state. You can now have a virtual class. Everyone can sign up for a virtual class, and it's so much fun. I will teach you how to make four drinks in one hour. We have games, we have prizes, and all the drinks are going to be unique, and trust me, you will love them. But I also do private, um, in-person private classes as well if you're here in the DMV area, Um, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. You can also hire me to come and do it in person. So that is one uh, second business. Now, third business, um, I'm a speaker and a, um, a motivational speaker and writer. Um, so I went through a really bad divorce um, in 2020. I was married for three years. And unfortunately, the person I married, I thought I married was not the person I married. Fortunately, it turned out to be a narcissist, a toxic relationship. And I had to learn again, you know, when to walk away. And not just from work, but from a personal relationship that I thought was my husband, my forever love, the father to my son, um, I had to know when to let it go to save me at that time. So now I've taken that personal testimony and I started not only speaking on that, but also speaking on my journey in the military to really help everyone, men or women, just know that we're going to go through storms. We're going to go through challenges in our life, but know that God has prepared you for it. And there's a reason why you didn't break. It's a reason why the devil continues to try to attack you and you're not breaking because he prepared you for it. But I have five particular tips that I really speak on what helped me and hopefully help somebody else. So I have a um, two books. Um, well, three, I should say. One, I have a co-author in a devotional and journal called Joy 365, um, that you can order from, you know, my site. I'll give you that later. Um, and in that one is really where I start sharing my testimony, and it's titled I'm Built For This. Um, and then I have another book that's um out um that is called Dropshipping Magic to Beginner's Guide, and it's for young entrepreneurs. I started my Etsy store, and I really struggled trying to get that on. I mean, I think I watched like eight YouTube videos. I bought the books, and I was like, what are our young people doing? There's no more lemonade stands, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. How are our young people, we're teaching them about saving money, investing money, but how are we teaching them about starting a business in this new culture? So I took everything I learned and I put it in a new book called Drop Shipping Magic Beginner Guide. It's available on Amazon as well as my website. And it is adults could use it. Yes, it's an illustration, but adults could use it as well to understand what drop shipping is, what print on um print on demand is, and to really give you that foundation you need to start your own online business and be successful with it. And then finally, my second, my third book, which is called healing, but not broken. Mm-hmm. And that is really where I start sharing and breaking down those five tips for you and really sharing my testimony just a little bit more and how I took those tips and incorporate them in my life and how you could take those tips and incorporate in your life. So it's a workbook. Or a journal prop book, um, whatever name you want to use, um, but it has affirmations in there. It has journal sessions in there. It has questions for you to kind of just answer and meditate on, and help you fill that gap if that you're needing to really understand where you are and to help you process through any storm or challenge you
0: have in your life. So I know I have a lot of stuff going. I know, on. <laughs> no, I I love it, and I absolutely that de- uh, tied to what we're talking about because again you just described different things that you're doing all at the same time i don't know how you find time to do it because you also have a son <laughs> and so i'm like you just described different things you're doing and i i give you space to take time to describe that because that's another thing a lot of people struggle with um almost like you have to choose and let go of one <laughs> Um, and I know I struggled with it as well, is am I this or am I this? Um, And I remembered when I got that revelation around, it's okay to have multiple things that you are doing. It's the same you. And you turned your passion for so many things. I I let you really get into why you started this, why you are doing this business um, to support other businesses, why you are doing your passion, something you did as a hobby. Um, mixing drinks, you turn that into a business model and a book, and then you talked about a business where you're taking your story and sharing it and, and, um, sharing the insights from your personal experience. And so I, I think for me, what question I wanted to ask that I think will be on people's mind is also knowing when to move, knowing when to take that next step. Like, how do I know I have this corporate career? Um, I am struggling with it. Let's let's take that movement into transition, right? Because sometimes we've done the same thing over and over again, and we think we have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But we know we have multiple interests. How do I know when to take that action? Um, what do I do to start a business or a side gig oh. while we can? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, honestly, from a... If you're talking to a professional marketing person, brand branding person, they honestly, they're going to tell you, pick one, master one before you move on um, and do anything else because you want to establish yourself, your brand before you start, you know, bringing, uh, spacing out and doing other things. You want people to know you for one thing. I kind of disagree with that um, because that goes against where, it says you have to have passive income Mm. to have passive income. That means you may have to do multiple different things that don't always align in one brand. And that's okay. That is, that's, that's fine. So for me, I knew I, it was not my calling to walk away from my corporate, my um, government job or the military, because I knew God placed me there for a reason one yes to get me on my path but i also do something i love but i look at it as bigger than that because i'm shaping other young military officers other young enlisted and i want to be there to be their mentor and motivate them and get them on the right path so that's one of the things i say. you know what i, I don't want to walk away i will retire i will retire from the career but not walk away I just knew when to walk away from active duty. Now let me be clear. I at active duty, I had to walk away because it was breaking me. It was changing who I was. I got hit with fraternization and started to drink, and I really started to lose me because when you are a young black woman in a male-dominant field, your voice gets silenced. When you look around a room and no one looks like you and you have no one to relate to you, that could really kill your spirit. And that's what was happening to me. I thank God that I had a saving grace on the ship at the time who saw me spiraling out of control and really took me under their wing because they saw something in me. So for me, walking away from active duty was pick choosing Tiffany. I had to I chose me over the career and that it, that was the best decision, but you have to know who you are. Honestly, you have to be in tune with who you are and you have to be able to kind of just sit and meditate and pray and ask God to lead that path and open that door for you. And when he opened it, walk through it. And he opened that door for me and I ran through it because I knew that's where I needed to go because I trusted him that much to guide and lead my path. So that's for active duty. I had to walk away, but reserves were still there. And it was, it, it was the perfect balance between my civilian career and my military career. And as in for writing and now all the other things I'm doing, I just found the balance. And I would tell people, you don't necessarily have to walk away if you love your job but you can still add to what you're doing and still be just as happy long as you know that balance and have the balance to be able to do all the things because what you don't want to do is start something and you're now having to short change something because you now have to give all your attention over here right. i work a lot of long days i work a lot of long nights but I know what I'm building, and what I'm building is for the person you see on that picture, my son. I'm building for him to leave him an inheritance and a legacy, and that is really why I'm doing what I'm doing. I really want to show him when life do not go as planned. You know what? It's okay, because as long as you trust God, He will give you back everything and more that you deserve. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you for sharing that, because I think. That process itself. And someone um, once shared about passion projects and side gig and passive income that a lot of times you will find that those ones actually fill your cup. They fill you up. You know, you might have one that is like a career, the one that writes the check, but if you think Mm -hmm. of your passion project and your side gig as something you love, it actually energizes (laughs) you. So you don't want to... Stick to one because you are not ready to do the other one. Sometimes you just start start with your passion project. Yeah. Have something that fills your cup, that excites you, that gives meaning to your existence. And, and that spark can actually help your career.
1: If you're doing everything from your heart, everything will align eventually. You will see everything come together and align the way it was supposed to align. You just didn't know that at the time. But sometimes God's plan is bigger than that. So I agree. If you have a career and it doesn't fulfill you all the way, you feel like something missing, just start that passion project, that side project, that side hustle. And guess what? I promise you, both of them are going to align and you're going to feel whole
0: again. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. That's a lot. I can already tell that you're a very inspirational person. Um, Thank you for sharing about your journey. Um, I think just to wrap things up, I wanted to give you a chance to speak to other Black women in the military, Navy, Air Force, uh, who are currently serving, um, who Mm -hmm. have careers that they are struggling to find a job. I mean, all of the people that see themselves in the you and in your journey and and are thinking of all their big dreams. What are some of the advice you would give them as far as what tools helped you, what resources they could be leveraging right now, and just um, any advice you could give them?
1: Oh, yes. Um, so for any anyone, you know, for women, if you're, you're thinking about coming to the military, just know you're going to enter a male-dominant field. And that's fine. Do not let fear stop you, one. Um, Two, if you choose to come in, regardless of what branch you come into, make sure you have a good support system. Make sure that foundation is strong. Because I don't care if you come into the military or you go work at Burger King or McDonald's or anywhere, you're going to be faced with something in life you're going to be faced with some kind of challenge something hard is going to happen but when you have that foundation and that support system to lean on i promise you you're going to be able to overcome and get through it a lot easier never depend on yourself is one thing advice i could tell you everything is going to seem hard If you're coming into the military ever the days are going to seem long and you may shed some tears but guess what just continue to push through continue to fight and know there's a light on the end of the tunnel i sit here today 18 years in, never thought i would say i would retire as a commander in the u.s navy i signed up for six years That was it. And I really only signed up because I wanted the career and to get my master's that they'll pay for. But the military has so many benefits. They'll pay for your education. You get to see the world. You get actual skills that, you know what, even if you do six years, you could transfer out to any civilian job, government, government corporate, private sector, or you even just start your own business because there's something about going through that boot camp, that office of candidate school, it ignites something in you, it builds something in you that it makes you stronger when you do get out and transition out. So if you hear nothing else, I say fight and continue to fight, pursue your career on your terms And if it's not working out, it's okay to walk away because there's something out there for you that's gonna make you happy. So never stay where you're not wanted and never stay where the job is not pouring into you. You have one life and you have to choose you at the end of the day and your happiness comes first.
0: Ooh, that's a lot. Thank you so much, um, and I love. I I don't think I've ever I've had uh, a lot of active, you know, active duty service uh, people. So thank you, thank you for the work that you do. Um, first, I don't think I've had you're a chance right? to say that. But also, you started by saying you're going into a male-dominated, and I'm like that is like corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> so it that can happen in different industries, right? It could happen in corporate America. It yeah. could happen in um the military any branch of the military of service it could happen in academia right i've had guests who are also in academia and and we talk about some of these only spaces and how it how it makes you lose yourself sometimes so you know just sharing how how you walk through that it's a great reminder for people listening right now
1: yes and and if i could share one of one of my tips one of the five tips i would love to share is Whenever you're going through stuff, whatever storm that you're in, find peace. You will can never get through anything, any kind of storm with chaos going on. You have to know how to center yourself and find peace. And sometimes that I means you gotta walk head first into your storm, to the eye of the storm. Right there in the center of every hurricane, there's peace. You're in the center. You have to win in the rain now on the outside of you. So if I could share just that one tip, if you're going through anything, if you're going through anything, just find somewhere in that place where you can find peace and where you can find that peace, you're going to be able to think clearly. You're going to be able to make smart decisions, and you're going to be able to renew the energy that that storm is trying to steal from you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, I know there's so much we didn't get into here, but make sure you follow, uh, Tiffany's links and get a link to all of the, we have a link to all of the resources that she has our books, um, and our worksheets, and you can download all of that and stay connected with her, um, on the show notes. So thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming. I will wrap up with my final question, which is not related to career, but for you, it might actually be related to career. So, <laughs> if you could share a meal, a snack, a fruit, a drink, or something with your coworkers, what would it be and why did you choose that? Oh, of
1: course, a cocktail. Um no. I would say um <laughs> yes, a co- yes a cocktail, but if I had to choose a food, I'm going to choose desserts. I love my cakes. Um cheesecake lemon cake, sweet potato pie. Um that would be my choice of um of, of food
0: to share with my co workers. So I'm all about the desserts. Yeah, I can I can feel and hear that sweet tooth coming through. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh gosh, I love my desserts you. and then pair it with a nice cocktail. Um yeah, it's amazing. So do you want to give us a cocktail? Anyone? Oh, of course! Like, if I can, yes. Okay, so I will give you a probably a give, give you a simple one that you can try at home. Not too many ingredients. So listen up. I want you to take you some apple vodka. I want you to take you some green Jolly Ranchers. Yes, the green Jolly Rancher candy. Stick them in there, and then I also want you to go to the grocery store and get the green. Jolly Rancher Mist. It's like a Kool-Aid mist, but it's for Jolly Ranchers and they have the green apple one. And I want you to take one pack and I want you to put it in there. Then I want you to take you some simple syrup. To put a little simple syrup in there and then squeeze a fresh lemon in there. So the lemon cuts some of the sweetness. I know somebody said, Oh, that's gonna be really sweet. Huh? Eh, that's where the lemon comes in. Take a half a lemon. And put in there. So you're going to take probably about, take about three ounces of vodka. Get a mason glass. Put the Jolly Ranchers in there. Put the powder in there. Let it sit for about a couple of hours or overnight. Come back. Then you add your lemon. Add your simple syrup. And I promise you, you have a nice, good Green Apple Jolly Rancher vodka drink.
0: Ooh, okay. Thank you, Tiffany. This is going to be a fun episode. Hopefully you took all the notes, all the career notes already before we got to this part. And so you are just going (laughs) to chill and make something nice for yourself. But thank you so much, Tiffany, for sharing and just giving us insights into a rich career filled with transitions um, and growth and decisions and choices and It's been a pleasure chatting with you and learning more about your work. And I hope you have a good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It was amazing speaking with you
1: and sharing with your guests. So thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeemo, for these important conversations about the global world of work. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share our weekly episodes with your communities and co-workers. For more resources and upcoming events, visit our website www.thrivinginintersectionality.com and join our LinkedIn group, Thriving in Intersectionality. Additional links and resources are listed in the show notes of this episode. Thank you.